When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. No one is, 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 is more locked in. From Thursday to Monday, no one is more locked into the NFL than First and Pod. Hosted by Danny Parkin and Andrew Filipponi. Well, it wasn't the best weekend of football, but it certainly ended with some hilarity and some drama. Welcome in, First and Pod. Every game, every team, every week. Danny Parkins, Andrew Filipponi. Divisional rounds coming to you Sunday night after Cowboys and Niners. And uh, Pony, I called it on Twitter, the Mike McCarthy masterclass. I think there were bigger things than Mike McCarthy ultimately uh, in that game. But fourth and five from the San Francisco 40 with six minutes left in the third quarter, tied 9-9, chooses delay of game, punt. Niners drive down the field, immediately score a touchdown. He never... They never get back to being tied or obviously with the lead. Then he punts with two minutes and 14 seconds left of all of his timeouts from his own 18. Doesn't get the ball back until there's 45 seconds left uh, from his own six-yard line with no timeouts. Dalton Schultz doesn't know the rules, is going backwards on the sideline. Then Dalton Schultz doesn't drag the foot. And then uh, Dak Prescott could have been sacked for a safety on that last drive. And then the hilarious play to end the game with Zeke at center and the Niners were clearly just like hey maybe we should just tackle everybody and uh they won the game that was like a chef's kiss Mike McCarthy masterclass. I could not have drawn it up any better I loved every minute of it what say you well the uh the Zeke getting pancaked I <laughs> laughed out loud I just <laughs> I can only imagine what San Francisco was doing during that timeout after they saw the formation used to timeout and everybody on the sideline was like, what is this? Like, (laughs) what are they going for with this play? (laughs) And so that goes down. And now to me, like the, the end of game sequence here is compounds what happened at the end of the game last year against San Francisco with the Dak run. And from that standpoint, I think Jerry Jones could look at it and say, in these game management situations, Mike McCarthy just puts me at a competitive disadvantage. And it's happened two years in a row now with all the time that went off the clock too, when he decided to punt. Uh, yeah, Olsen was all over that. Olsen had that a was, great game. He, he was good. He, I, I agree. I thought he was. I thought he was good. I thought he was good. He talked about that touchdown run where the right tackle basically blocked two guys to open up that hole. I thought that was very observant of him. He was. Um, he was all over the Dalton Schultz not going forward. Well, Schultz the- looked like he was shaving points there. There needs <laughs> yeah. to be an investigation into what he was doing at the end of the game. He looked like he had Niners minus three and a half, but. Uh, I actually think, and I'm, I'm going to be very curious, most people that get this podcast you know, will either listen very late at night here or early in the morning, and then once that happens, 
you know, we'll see where the sports news cycle goes. But I'm very interested to see if the focus is on McCarthy or if it's on Dak. Because for me, it should be on Dak. I think what McCarthy did obviously clearly were were bungled uh, gaffes late in the game. But I thought overall, look at the totality of the game. The game was there for Dak to win it, and he didn't do it. And the Gallup throw downfield before the stupid punt is an example where he's got to make that throw. His interceptions, where they were on the field when they happened, you know, the first interception creates points for San Francisco. The Niners only scored one touchdown in this game. That should have been enough for the Dallas Cowboys to win. And I thought Dak played, I know, against a really good defense, but I thought he played a poor game. In a big oh, I mean, spot. Poor, is, poor is being generous. So so two things. J- Jerry Jones was actually very level-headed right after the game, very un-Jerry-like. He, he said that, you know, uh, Brett Maher redeemed himself with the two made kicks. He was happy for him and that the end-of-game situation would have no impact on how he felt about Mike McCarthy or his job status. But he said it was a devastating loss, but he seemed to take firing McCarthy off the table. You know, I obviously disagree with that. I think he's got two better coaching candidates on his staff uh, than Mike McCarthy. But dude, Dak was awful. Dak had two picks. He could have had four. He should have ended the game on a pick six. Uh, and I think it was a Greenlaw who Greenlaw who, who dropped it. Um, I mean, I told you on Thursday that I wasn't convinced that Dak was much better than Purdy. And Purdy wasn't great by any means, but which one looked like they were getting paid over $40 million a year? Like, Dak led the league in interceptions this year and was bad. And your point that stuck with me a lot during the week of like, yeah, the Niners are the number one ranked defense, but Jarrett Stidham just put up 34 on them. So we're not talking about the 2000 Ravens was, I thought, a totally fair one. But the Cowboys couldn't move. The I ball. thought the plays were there. I did not think that he was under siege in a way where I felt sorry for him. I know the Pollard thing happened, which was, you know, of course, you take away your dynamic playmaker, but broken again, fibula, talk- by the way, that came uh, out post game. So, well, but you, like, you said, like you said, though, about the money for Dak, the guy that comes in is the highest paid running back in the league. So, I yep. don't have a lot of empathy for you. In that yep. situation, you got another guy to turn to, and all things considered, it wasn't like Elliott had a bad game when he needed, when they were in short yardage situations, he came through for them. So, you know, I really put it, I really put it on the quarterback. He makes a better throw to Gallup, even with some situational football miscues. They're in position, they're cooking, they're in business on that last drive. And and he missed him. So what do you what do you make what do you think they were going for? The the last play at the end of the game because it I, everyone's going to comp it to the Colts play, right? The, that the Chuck Colts. Pagano play that's the first thing that popped into my head. Yeah, yeah. I I was thinking I was wanting to make a, a movie reference. The scene in Indiana Jones when the dude just starts doing all the sword tricks. And then Harrison Ford, Indiana Jones, just takes out the gun and shoots him in the face. It's like they they were doing all these fancy things. They had all the offensive linemen outside the hash marks. 
The timeout was called. The, the ref announced that Zeke was ineligible, but then Greg Olson's pointing out that you could lateral to him. Then Shanahan calls the timeout. Everyone's doing all these things. It's kind of confusing. Do you think that they'll keep it hush-hush because McCarthy is still convinced that the play will work? Yeah, Do dude, they- I, don't, I don't know. But I, it was like the Niners on the sideline were just like, um, maybe we should just hit everybody. Like they yeah. bull, they bull rush Zeke, and then they threw it in the middle of the field when there were no blockers, and yeah. the dude just got lit up. It was just like, oh, fancy sword trick, don't matter, pull the trigger. Like it was, it was comical. And the other I thing that never came up before that, sorry to cut you off, but the other thing that, that I thought was at least worthy of a quick conversation was why did Turpin fair catch that ball at the six yard line? Isn't the risk reward there? Yeah. If you move out of the way, force them to try to keep the ball in. And if they do, if they execute it and they get it at like the one or two yard line, okay, that sucks. But the difference in five yards to me cost benefit in it. Okay. Still though. I, I thought yeah, I, 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 but I, I think I think it's I think time of like ball bounces around and then settles and instead of 45 seconds it's 40 seconds that's you know but dude, i mean they, <laughs> they they should have gone first of all they should have never punted in the third quarter you punting on fourth and five from the other team's 40 is just pathetic uh and then i know it was fourth and 10 from your own 18 with just over two minutes left and you had all time all timeouts i understand that <laughs> but you're punting from your you know you're at your own 18 so like if if, uh, if Mitchell doesn't run out of bounds, they never even get the ball back. And the last play of their season's a punt. I guess that's better than the last play of your season being a carnival show. Mm-hmm. But like, it was it was just crazy conservative game management again by Mike McCarthy. The guy just doesn't learn. I kind of like I, learned last week when he went for it when Aikman was saying take the well, points. And he went in his, for in his first year, I think what happened was he came back into coaching and then he said, like, I studied all this analytical stuff and they lost games because of it. Their that first year there in Dallas and they were a bad team. And like, I think he swore to himself he was never going to be that guy again. And it manifests in ways like this. But to me, the play of the game, and I honestly think, I think if the game's in Dallas, I don't think they get the call. I thought the kid will hold was a pretty weak call on third down. I think he sold it. I mean, he went down. He was very, you know, he's very over the top in it. It worked. It was a, it was a, there was contact. But if you think about it, like the ball snapped and Purdy's like get sacked. I mean, the it was not a, he's looking at the tight end. He's looking at Kittle. He keeps the ball because of the contact. He was, I mean, that, <clears throat> that's a, that was an automatic first down that extended that. That was third down. Yeah, I mean that that that's a field goal right there, and instead it turns into a touchdown for San Francisco. So Kittle was great. I think he reminded people <coughs> just how good he is. Uh, in McCaffrey this game. was clearly banged up. They were only the keeping him in third down. Yeah, um, Purdy obviously didn't look very good. Dallas's defense disrupted him, and he didn't do anything to elevate their offense. I expected, I expected the game to be a little bit more high scoring uh, and them to be able to move the ball uh, on Dallas a little bit. That's going to be a crazy match. Obviously we'll do another podcast previewing 
uh, championship Sunday, but Niners survive in advance. Dallas goes out in hilarious fashion and they haven't made a championship game since 95. It's just, insanity. yeah, I know it's, it's, it's 12 straight playoff appearances now without making the championship game, which is an NFL record for Dallas. It's crazy. What would you say like their biggest need this off season is another playmaker? Like some secondary help? Like I mean, what, that, <coughs> the other playmaker. Way. Yeah. I've got crackers stuck in my throat. The, uh, <laughs> the other playmaker is always my default take. Yeah. You know, but like, yeah. I mean, a better quarterback, a better coach. Dak is so mediocre, man. He is so mediocre. What do you think he is? A top 15 quarterback? Would you put him 10 to Yeah, 20? but like around there. And I and I and I still think that the guy's in an unbelievably great situation overall. He had two pro bowlers on his offensive line, and neither of them were named Tyron Smith. Mm-hmm. He's got CD Lamb, he's got two running backs, he's got a very good tight end, he's got an offensive head coach, he's got a consistent well, play caller. <clears throat> I'll what say this right. I'll say this right here. I think the situation to watch for everybody, including you guys in Chicago, will be what happens with Tampa. I'm guessing that Brady won't be back there, and so once that happens, what decision do they make with their franchise? Do they try to bring in a Band-Aid quarterback to win right away because the division's weak and wide open, or do they start to get rid of their veteran players? to look towards the future. And if that happens, then Godwin and Evans become like the two biggest names in the offseason. Probably even bigger than Hopkins. At least I would think Godwin would be because of his age. You know, and those are guys that I would think both of them would fetch. Maybe not Evans because he's older. But Godwin would fetch at least a first-round pick, you'd think. Uh, yeah, I mean, I, I, I did it. I didn't consider Godwin when I went through it a few weeks ago on the show. E- Evans is 30. Hopkins is 31. So those guys probably get a little bit less. But I mean, Godwin's awesome. Uh, and yeah, I, you know, but I think you said it perfectly. The division's open. So if they think they can get a good quarterback, you know, these teams seem to care about nine and 10 win seasons and first round playoff exits. I wouldn't care at all. And the other one will be, will someone try to buy low on Michael Thomas, even though he's had two injury riddled seasons, will somebody try to get him and hope that it's not like a Julio Jones in Tampa and Tennessee situation. All right, let's go to Bill's Bengals. Do you believe, cause I've been guilty of this too. I think most, a lot of people have, we've said, Mahomes one, and then Allen Burrow or Burrow Allen two three three two. Do you believe that after this game, this performance, it will now be a consensus opinion that Joe Burrow is better than Josh Allen? Uh, yes, yeah, I do. Um, you know, Josh Allen. I don't think he's going to get blamed for this game in a way that like, you know, the stat line is so bad and there's big turnovers. Like he did not have the turnover thing happen to him in this game. Like it did last week against Miami. You know, he, for the most part kind of cut that out, but he threw a pick. Yeah. But what, you but you know, you know what I mean? It's not like he was making these like, Oh my God, boneheaded, like, yeah. 
brain fart situations. He was not overtly <clears throat> It's just that the other guy was so much better. It's just that Burrow, like, there's a calming presence about him where, like, he just seems so unnerved and he never gets rattled. And that composure started from the very beginning of the game and he's winning road playoff games. He's done it now in the snow in Buffalo and he did it at Arrowhead last year. Like, yeah, he should be the number two quarterback in the league. And look, I'm not sure he's going to be number two. We'll talk about it on Thursday, but I don't know how long he'll be number two if he beats Mahomes again with an asterisk probably. We'll obviously get to that. But, I mean, what else does he have to do? The Bengals were a hapless, woebegone franchise that never won playoff games and had a cheap owner and were looked at as one of the sad sack organizations in professional sports. And in the span of three years, he's completely changed that. So he better be the second best quarterback in the league. Yeah, I mean, I think that it is a no-brainer. A few things. I think Josh Allen's going to get a ton of heat. I think that the pressure is going to turn up big time, man. I mean, he had the pick, and I could not believe that that fumble was overturned. There were were both those calls in this game. I couldn't believe it. Jamar Chase caught that ball. So it should have been three touchdowns for Burrow. And... Josh Allen absolutely fumbled that ball. When he got hit, the arm was not going forward. They just came back from a break, and they were like, oh, it was overturned during the break. And Allen was back out on the field, and then they snapped the ball, and they just kept it moving. I was shocked by both uh, replay decisions. I thought that it actually, what you just said there, I thought both of those calls going for Buffalo actually infringed on the integrity of the game. Because they were both, they were, uh, I mean, it, it boggles my mind that in a league that has done everything it can to promote scoring and wants it to be all of this offense and touchdowns and high scoring games. Why are they taking touchdowns like the chase play off the board? It's antithetical to, it's antithetical to everything that the league has tried to do. Like you would think that their base, their baseline rule in that situation would be, or standard would be, when in doubt, just call it a touchdown, because they want points. And now we're talking about the ball spinning in a guy's hand. I mean, it's completely ridiculous. The only thing I'll say about what you said about the Allen thing is, if that ball gets caught by a bangle in the air, it's an interception, right? Yeah. Okay. Well, but that's just because of like how they would score a turnover. But I don't think like, they wouldn't saying, call it a recovered fumble. I don't think so because it doesn't hit the ground. I think, like, I think even if yeah, you, but think about it. If a quarterback threw like a throws a, throws a lateral backwards and it gets caught in the air and it gets returned, it's not an interception, right? It's a fumble recovery. I know what you're saying. Or if or if you get popped running and scrambling and the ball popped into the air, it's a it's a fumble <coughs> recovery. Yeah. Yeah. I was just surprised. Cause it was it was ruled fumble and they overturned it. Yeah, there was not enough there. There was not there was not what what's the friggin' phrase called? Yeah, like indisputable evidence. Yeah, indisputable yeah. evidence. It was yeah. not there. Yeah, so both of those plays shocked me. And then if that is a fumble, it's two turnovers 
for so Allen. So you think that Allen's like you think he's used up all of his goodwill is what your point is? I, I, listen, I I think that Josh Allen and I've been as guilty of it as anybody. He makes unbelievable plays. Like, and I love those types of guys. Like the 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 best of Josh Allen is amazing. Like it's Herbert, hard. you still always say that about him too. Yes, exactly. Similar thing. Like I exactly. And we've seen him be breathtaking in the playoffs twice. And when when people talk about well, and in one of those games he lost, it's like, well, yeah, but it wasn't his fault. He wasn't on the field. He didn't choose to not squib kick it. Like they Chiefs scored in 13 seconds. Like Josh yeah. Allen's on the sideline. Like I'm not going to grade that against Josh Allen. I don't look at wins as QB stats like that. Like Josh Allen was fucking amazing uh, in the playoffs last year. He just didn't happen to win, but he clearly has a turnover issue. And when you get anointed as the preseason juggernaut favorite, and the MVP favorite, and you're coming off the playoff performance that he had last year, and you have the turnovers that he had this year, and you don't win, and you get outplayed by your rival in in Burrow, and you've been paid already. Like, he's been anointed without winning. He hasn't won an MVP, and he hasn't won a Super Bowl. Like, the pressure in that situation just turns up. Dude, they scored 10 points today. I know. They scored uh, 10 points at home. I wonder if we're going to get some some medical info that gets leaked from the Allen camp on his elbow to try to Maybe. rationalize or try to defend the way he played in the second half of the year. I could easily see that. You know, if he gets some surgery, he gets it cleaned up. You know, it's a minor procedure, but they make it sound like it's actually a big deal. To try to defend yeah, some maybe, of that. maybe I, I, I think I think all the pressure gets turned up because Dable left, Dorsey got an interview for a head coaching job, McDermott was the only defensive coach divisional weekend. They score ten points. They haven't won. They haven't gone to a Super Bowl. Like I just I just think I think they are going to feel a they got a they got a older expensive team. Like I I think they are going to feel a ton of pressure going in the next year. And I don't think their roster is going to look that different uh, week week one next year. So I, I just, I think there's going to be a ton of heat on them and man, like their defense was pathetic. I know, I know, I know it was a, a week, like a, a tough turf. Like I didn't think they even talked about that enough. Like with, I thought that the, the snow and the slop kind of like was a break for Cincy because of three backup offensive linemen and it wasn't a good pass rush day and the bills don't have a good pass rush normally, but like their defense was horrifying the whole game. And so they just, they just did not look like a juggernaut for the last, well, six weeks, eight weeks. It's honestly, you know, I understand that there were empathetic towards guys who maybe got railroaded when they were a head coach for the first time. And we want to see them get a second chance because we think the way that it went down the first time was unfair. But enough of this Leslie Frazier crap. I mean, the way that the Chiefs game ended last year with some with his defense, even after the squib kick, with the way they played things, allowing guys to get to the sidelines, you know, and now just the way that they got their you know their lunch handed to them in this game. Even I, I know Von Miller didn't play, but it should not be. 
that one guy being out uh, is the difference in three backup offensive linemen dominating the line of scrimmage. If it were really about the weather, why didn't Buffalo do that to the Bengals defensive line? Why was Hendrickson and Hubbard so right. active? Reader and Hill and those guys inside. It was only it only worked one way in this game. The Bills have an offensive line that's pretty good. Singletary's had big playoff games. So it's not like they couldn't have run a lot of read option stuff and had Allen and those running backs just pound the ball on them. I don't think their offensive coordinator is very good. I'll just throw that out there. I wouldn't hire Ken Dorsey. I'm not impressed. What is their offense? What's their offensive identity? Just have Allen chuck the ball downfield and hope for a fucking play? What kind of offense is that? Yeah, it, it was it was not impressive at all. And just so like we always talk coach and quarterback, right? So we've talked McDermott. We've talked Dorsey. We've talked Allen. We've talked Burrow. Where does Zach Taylor fit into this? They always show up for these games. He's got incredible wins. I know he doesn't have a Super Bowl yet, but I, I'm just like no one ever. And I'm not saying I, I don't study the Bengals enough. I don't watch every game. You probably even watch him closer in the AFC North. Like, is he an awesome coach? He doesn't get talked about as one. I never thought of him that way. I always thought he was pretty much propped up by Burrow. I think that's been the really kind of the running uh, take on him, that he's just a guy who's in the uh, sidecar, who's just a passenger on the way to their winning. But I will say that defensive coordinator is really good. And so he, he put the right people around him. He's got good well, coordinators. They, they were ready to play. They, they drove right to down play. the fucking that's field. Exa- that's exactly right. They were ready to play. <laughs> they had they had a tremendous defensive game plan. Yeah, I thought he did a great. Like Miami decided last week that they were just going to blitz the hell out of Allen and just try to force him to get the ball out. And I thought Cincinnati mixed it up more. They were blitzing their nickel cornerback Hilton a lot in the second half. No, that was – you're right. I mean, that was – Burrow's coolness and ability to always deliver in these games is clutch factor is obviously probably the number one thing. But the next one is, you know, they're just they're from all across the board. Dude, their defense doesn't get enough credit for what they do in playoff games. I agree. And, and like we made fun of the the uh, being motivated over selling the AFC championship game. The refunds line was hilarious. Hol- hilarious. That guy's so cool. I like him so much. It pains me, but I friggin' love Joe Burrow. He's awesome. Yeah, awesome. Um, the whole the whole thing, like they clearly, you know, coaching is motivation, figuring out a way to get the guys to believe in a common good. Like he somehow got them to believe that they were totally disrespected, and in some ways they were not by selling tickets to an AFC title game, but they were a six point underdog in this game. They kicked yep. the shit out of the Bills. Um, all right. Eagles Giants. I got some coaching stuff here that we'll get to in a little bit, but let's uh let's start with the winning team and it was a blowout. Did Jalen Hurts look impressive enough, healthy enough to you to believe that he's Super Bowl ready? All right. So just a full disclosure here. We said on our Thursday show that our show bet was gonna be Eagles alt- alternate line minus nine and a half, which I waited too long to get great value. I didn't put that bet into like 20 minutes before kickoff. And by then, minus nine and a half was dead even money. It was plus 100. 
Nice. So that's all I got on it. But <laughs> I mean, so it I'm so goddamn easy. So I lock this bet in. And then Pam Oliver says, I talked to Jalen Hurts, and he said, quote, I'm not even close to 100% healthy. Yeah. And I go, that would have been fucking nice information to have had at any point this week. Yeah. That he's just telling Fox sideline reporters this like it's <laughs> casual information. So there was momentary panic for me, but then Philadelphia just went right down the field and scored and I, and I, we talked about this on Thursday. I said this game could go one of two ways. Ways either Philly was going to do that, and the Giants were going to realize right from the very beginning that they were just not up for the fight. They don't. They didn't have the. Uh, they didn't have. They didn't have the. Uh, they didn't have the weapons, the personnel to keep up. Or Philadelphia was going to look sloppy and beat itself. That was the only way they were going to lose the game. And they looked like the team that for the first 10 games of the season had the best record in the NFL. I thought, yeah, the, uh, the sideline report scared me too. Um, he looked, the shoulder looked, looked good on the throws. I thought like the, like the zip, the zip was there. Um, and he ran the ball nine times, including for an easy touchdown, but he, he didn't look, terribly interested in running I guess I would say and they got up so big that it felt like they just decided that they didn't really need to like I I would agree with that you know like Sanders had 17 carries that's high for him Gainwell had 12 that's high for him fucking Boston Scott who only scores his touchdowns against the Giants had six so that so they had 35 rushing attempts 35 non-Jalen Hurts rushing attempts it just and I still think such a huge part of his game obviously is is running and now he gets the Niners front seven I he's clearly healthy enough to be good and they're such a talented roster that they I do think they can win the Super Bowl but there was something about just how he was looking to run how he was looking kind of avoiding a little bit of contact when he was running he picked Uh, his spots Picked his spots, slid a couple of times, like you know what I mean. It was it was it was effective, but it was not it was not explosive and it was not intimidating. So I I, I kind of believe him that he's still not a hundred percent. And I wonder if they advance past San Francisco, if the two week break before the Super Bowl would bring him back to what he was the first you know seventy five percent of the season or whatever it was. But um, the Giants just. It's exactly what we thought it was, man. They just they don't have enough talent to compete with a tier one team. Not even not even close. They they beat the Vikings, who were bad, who they were probably legitimately better than them. DVOA would suggest that the result of the game would suggest it. And then they played a team that they had no business really competing with, and they weren't competitive. Yeah, I thought Daniel Jones's comment after the game will probably be rehashed and picked apart a lot in New York this week because, you know, he talked about the whole, he said, you know, this is business now. Talking about how he doesn't have a contract as business. Well, look, obviously the offensive coordinator and, and head coach combination there brought out the best in Daniel Jones. But I also wonder, just because those coaches did that, 
Wouldn't there be part of you that's like, F this team? They didn't pick up my option. Like, I would feel that way. I It, I, it just, like, yeah, I would feel that way too. Um, I don't know how much hardball he'll play because he could always, because like they could franchise tag him. No doubt. But I just wonder from his and that, perspective. That would be a huge win for him. I mean, the franchise tag for Daniel Jones would be, um, it'd be way more lucrative than the fifth year option. Well, but my point is, Danny, if they don't franchise tag him, he's going to have the rest of the quarterback needy teams bidding on him. And I just wonder in an open market if there's going to be a team or teams that think, you know what? Yeah, the coach has made him a lot better, but also look at the lack of weapons that were around him. A guy that got waived by Buffalo midseason was his best receiver. Now that he's got some confidence and we've seen the blueprint for how to make this guy better. Like, is there a team that might hire Kafka and then just say, we'll sign Daniel Jones to be our quarterback? You know what I mean? Like, I mean, that would be fucking crazy. Like they, they, they weren't that good, man. Oh, I know. I mean, they had a, they had a, they had a minus turnover differential. So, so you're, you're going to, you're going to, you're going to stake not only your quarterback, but your head coach on, on that. Like I, I'll, I'll I, just I say he, this for me, he's Jones, more valuable to the giants than he is to any other team. Well, I think they feel that way. I'm not sure it's mutual based on what Jones said. He didn't sound like he was like stoked about returning to New York next year. And I would just say, like, I, he passed my eye test. And I know, and I know that the Vikings defense stinks and the Colts defense stinks. And Philadelphia was a lot better. And he did not make many plays in that game. But he just looks a lot better than he did the last few years where he'd fumble the ball. He'd throw it away recklessly. He's not doing that anymore. So I I think the potential's there actually for him to be. I don't. I mean, what what is his ceiling? Is it? I mean, is it top? Is it top eight or ten quarterback in the league? His ceiling he, is yeah, sure. His ceiling is top ten quarterback in the like, league. Like sure. if you put him on the if you if you put him on the Eagles roster yesterday or Saturday night, do they win the game thirty eight seven? Probably. Right. I think they. I, may, yeah, maybe. A, Sure. With yeah. that line and the way they play, yeah. he's running the ball like Hurts. Yeah, yeah, and Hurts Hurts had 150 something yards passing. So sure. Yeah. That's right. Uh he's the, the the Eagles we talked about it though. Eagles might be a perfect situation. I remember doing a lot of that on the show when the Bears played the Eagles about like I'm just not convinced that Jalen Hurts is better than Justin Fields when flip the quarterbacks. I don't think Hurts is scoring on Philly's defense with the Bears' weapons. So I'm I'm with you, and I think that Daniel Jones... I'm going to say something right now that might blow your mind. Well, it wouldn't be the if first I'm the, If I'm the Raiders, I think I'd be more interested in Daniel Jones than Tom Brady. I'd be curious in seeing him with Jacobs, Adams, and Waller, and the threat of him as a runner in that offense. For me. Because now you're playing 11, like it's what coaches say all the time. You got to count for 11 dudes. You're not doing that with Brady. 
I feel like you're reading that quote pretty harshly, though. Like, he was like, I'd like to be back, but it's a business. He didn't have to say business. He could have <laughs> just left it at a, as I want to be back. Yeah, but, you know, he, his agent probably texted him after the game. Tough loss. This is what you say. Don't don't kill our leverage. Let's go get you $40 million. If he says, I want to be back here, what? Now teams aren't going to try to pursue in free agency? Maybe. All I'm saying know. is when you get rejected by a team, I think you take it fucking personally. I would. I, I would too, but then that coach saved your career and got you millions and millions of dollars. But that coach, by the way, I know they were not winning this game in any circumstance. I know that. Okay? Can you explain to me, down 21. Oh, I know. In the fourth quarter. I know. At the 42-yard line on fourth and six with 13 minutes and 20 seconds left, punting the ball away. I know. The Eagles then just drive down the field. It's an eight-minute drive and kick the field goal. What kick, What the hell is he doing? I, 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 yeah. What, that, dude, I'm not saying it's fireable because he had such an unbelievable year. And I've spent the last six weeks saying that it's ridiculous that he's not the favorite for coach of the year and that it was a joke that Sirianni. He laid the white flag. That's what he did there. I mean, he but, conceded the game. But he ended up losing by 31. I know, dude. I'm not, I was, I was as miffed and as mystified as you when I saw him do that. I couldn't believe it. Like, there's 13 and a half minutes left. You could score three touchdowns in that amount of time. You know what you can't do? Score three touchdowns <laughs> when you punt the ball away. I know. I couldn't believe it. All right. You know what? Game. Just one quick thing on that. One more thing on, on just for a second, the coaches. Uh, I had no reason other than geography to dislike this Eagles team. But you know what really pissed me off? This is going to like, you're going to be shocked by this. Sirianni, don't fucking look at the camera like that, you goddamn goof. I want <laughs> I want them now. Like, he's making this face like, you like that? Like, one of those deals? Like, try to stop this. You're playing the fucking Giants, okay? <laughs> like, make that face after a quarter against the 49ers or the Chiefs. You want to impress me? Do it against them. Pick on somebody your own size kind of deal. You know okay. what I mean? Don't glow like after 15 minutes against the goddamn Giants, dude. <laughs> Nick Saban wouldn't do that against goddamn Vanderbilt. Do you know what I mean? Like, yeah, that really annoyed me. I like it. That's a solid take. All right. Chiefs Jaguars. Yeah. I didn't really pose a question here, but... Did Mahomes' ankle sprain and that injury and seeing Chad Henney, and it was the first game of the weekend, it made it it felt like we were gonna watch a whole series of events play out with a huge asterisk hanging over it. I hated it. I hate it, 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 it was it was it was football poison. I hated that. And then Chad Henney had a 98-yard drive. Yep. But which was great. And we'll talk about Kelsey and everything that happened there. But like I I don't know, man. I want to see Burrow and Mahomes go at it a hundred percent. I want it, I want it to feel legit. I don't want to wonder, oh, what would have happened? Like this is this is Brady and Manning, man. This is this is that type of thing. Like this is 15 years of a rivalry here. I 
I don't want Mahomes to be hobbled, but he's going to be hobbled. I couldn't believe what the line was. Did you see the line as I'm rambling here? Did you see the line? I believe it's one and a half. One and a half. Yep. One and a half. Yep. In Arrowhead. I know. Dude, they think he's really hurt. Well, he is really hurt. They reported it as a high ankle sprain. Um, I know. I, I, God damn, I, that I, sucks. I'm going to be honest with you. I mean, I'm I'm with Romo. There's part of me that is going to be surprised if he plays. Just because I lived this when the Steelers made the Super Bowl in 2010. Pouncey had a high ankle sprain in the Jets game against the AFC Championship when he was their all-pro center his rookie year. He couldn't. He didn't get back on the field two weeks later. He didn't play. And that's the Super Bowl that he missed. So, like, it's one of those things where, like, I just don't – I mean, what do you do? Is there a shot for it? Is there a special brace for it? I mean, they're going to tape him up. They're going to try to numb it, I guess, in some way. Turtle. But his mobility – yeah, but his mobility is going to be super-duper compromised, man. And I – I okay, this is actually – an interesting point that I wish there it's hard to do it in, in the game because it was a competitive game. But Collinsworth said if you just keep Mahomes in the pocket, he's still the best quarterback in the NFL. You sure about that with Joe Burrow? Are we sure that when he's just in the pocket, that he's still the best quarterback? Because I think all the stuff he does when he's running around and moving around is what makes takes him from a 9.9 to a 10. Like that is, that's the, that's the secret sauce X factor. That's the superpower. Yeah. The improvisation is the superpower. Yes. So the other stuff's great though. I mean, he no, of course, but I don't know if I wouldn't say he's the best. Yeah. It, it, I I think that's fair. I think if you listen, I mean, if, if you give him a serious injury that removes his mobility and ability to drive the football, uh, yeah, it's concerning. I, he's a tough son of a bitch, man. I will. Of be course, surprised. he is. All I'm these saying, guys are. No, no, I know, but I mean, he played in that AFC title game a couple of years ago with the torn plantar fascia, or whatever, and he in, in his toe, and he had 38 points. Like he, I will be very surprised if he doesn't. Well, Romo it said it, and I thought he was right about that too. It's easier to play that day. The than adrenaline. It is. Yeah. Yeah. No, I know. It sucks, and man. It sucks. It's the, the the line and I know since he's won at Arrowhead and has success against the Chiefs and believes they can win and I'm sure that's part of it and they kicked the shit out of Buffalo and I'm sure that's part of it. The line floored me. That Well, because I, I thought the I thought the line honestly though, I thought the line was probably going to come in at around three and a half or 3. Because I thought anything more than that would have brought in a lot of Bengals bets. And anything lower than three and a half would have just had people taking the Chiefs. So I actually thought it was going to come right in at, at, even if Mahomes were healthy, I thought it was going to come in at Kansas City like minus three and a half. Uh, Um, Yeah. Okay. But, but, but he's, it it just, I guess they are saying that he is, and I know it's like 50%. Right. And because because what did the Schefter the Schefter tweet said like a source said nothing more than that like 
almost minimizing it, but I know that was like because the MRI was clean and just a high ankle sprain. But high ankle sprains are fucking serious injuries. Yes, they are. They're multi-week injuries. Yeah. So and so, like, but but he played and he played pretty well and he came back in and and so I I was expecting four for the open and one and a half kind of like if I'm if I'm off by two and a half three points across a key number I auto fire the bet and I just try to trust my read of the of the line but that to me that's just so glaring like oh like they think he might not play. They, they 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 think they think he is seriously injured. So that one just it stopped me in my tracks, man. And it it, it feels like this game is gonna feel I don't know, less than. Like obviously, you know, it's football. Injuries are a part of the game, but if Mahomes is out there at 60%, it's gonna really take some shine off that game. Cause I think Chad, I don't think Chad Henney can win. I don't think he can beat them for four quarters. Well, if he did, well, let me just say this though about that. Okay. So does, did the Henny drive make you think about like the system and the coach, the way that Purdy does that for the Niners? Like this is just the greatness of Andy Reid on full display right here. 37-year-old guy who pretty much has sucked his entire career and is a journeyman backup comes in cold. First play is a pass play. And they just dink and dunk their way down the field for a touchdown against a decent enough defense. Jacksonville has come on here in the second half of the season. But, yeah, I mean, yes and no. Because it was a 98-yard drive, and Henny finished the game with 23 passing yards. So that's just not sustainable over four quarters. The Chiefs are not a but, dominant run team. But here's the thing I'll say about that. Like, they've got to be right now in Kansas City having this conversation. Like, yeah, we we want Patrick to play. And if our doctors clear him to play, we got to play him. He's our franchise quarterback. Yes, we're thinking about his long-term interests and stuff. But, like, if he gets the thumbs up to play, like, what are we going to do? Tell Patrick Mahomes he can't play? Like, we saw what happened when Reed was, like, telling him to go get the x-ray done. Like, what a scene that was on the sideline. But if you are the Chiefs, there is a game plan. There is a blueprint to win this game with Henny. You just watched the Ravens do that against the Bengals two weeks ago. And if not for the longest fumble return for a touchdown in playoff history, Baltimore would have knocked them out with a backup quarterback. Like you can put enough bells and whistles in your offense where with Pacheco and McKinnon and with Tony and with just short passes great tight end like Baltimore has, like, I get it. Henny can't run, <laughs> yeah. but there, but there's gotta that's, be, that's a big one. I know. But like my, my point is Andy Reid should feel like he, that's why the line is one and a half. Cause I think that even if Henny played there, there, there's a way to beat Cincinnati without Mahomes. 
We just you can move it. the ball. You should be able to move the ball in their defense, though their defense, like you said, is underrated, and they just held the Bills to ten points in Buffalo. Uh, so that would concern me, obviously. Uh, like, like if let's put it this way. But it wouldn't if, be the same game plan. The Bills tried to score a touchdown on every play, and the Chiefs are going to do the exact opposite. Which yeah, Henny? Chiefs defense is not the Ravens defense. Um, so that I don't expect Cincinnati to be held to. Well, they won that game twenty four seventeen, right? But you, so. but you know what Kansas City did against Jacksonville, which I didn't expect, is that not just not just Jones, those inside those interior defensive linemen got pressure up the middle on Lawrence consistently. I mean, there were probably two or three hits they could have called roughing the passer on that they didn't. Yeah. He just got fucking decked, man. Yeah, and like Trevor Lawrence, good year, good step forward. You're awesome. You're going to be a factor for a decade, but you're still a tier below. He was not spectacular in that game by any stretch of the imagination. No. You know who was, though? Um, Kelsey? Yeah. 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 I mean, like, so... He's a dude. He's not underrated. He makes it look first, easy. He's a first ballot Hall of Famer, so he's not underrated. He had 17 targets in that game. Like... That's, that's ridiculous efficiency, too. It was insane. Like, but how... You know, like how they always say about Belichick, like he just takes away your number one thing, and then he makes you beat beat you with your secondary and tertiary options. How how in a post Tyree Kill world do teams not do that to the Chiefs? He had 110 catches well, this year. I think that's probably why Andy Reid was comfortable trading Tyree Kill because he had a feeling that teams were still just not going to be able to stop Travis Kelsey, and that was and he was really the guy that their offense needed more than anybody else. As far as, after Mahomes, obviously, in terms of pass targets. But and, I have the yeah, same thought. It's, it's like these – but these option routes feel like they shouldn't be as unguardable as they are. But he – Like the one touchdown he blocked and he just turned around and he was like wide open and he scampered in. I'm like, what the fuck? How is that easy for this guy? Yes. Yeah. <laughs> it's unbelievable. Yeah. It, 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 it – 14 catches, 17 targets, none longer than 15 yards, just methodical, bunch of first downs, wide open every time. Okay. Ho hum. He's so in this game, he'll be he'll pass Edelman for second most receiving yards in the playoffs ever. Jeez. Crazy. It's crazy. Like, it's absolutely insane. Uh so. I get, we'll, we'll get into it, and we'll have more information. When These divisional playoffs, it sucks when you compare. I was just going to say, when you actually like take a second and remember last year, the insanity of the divisional playoffs, that crazy Rams-Bucks game, the overtime game between the, the, you know, the, the great ending to the Bengals and Titans game, um, the... Aaron Rodgers, Packers, shocking loss to San Francisco. And then, of course, the Chiefs-Bills game that was the game of the year. Like, all four of those games had incredible drama 
and delivered the goods. And did any game do that this weekend? No, no, no. not not. I mean, yeah, the I mean, the best closest game was Cowboys Niners, and it was a good game. Like it was, it was like a well played, low scoring, good defense game or whatever. But like there were also turnovers and could have been more and bad mistakes and yeah it was it was not a good weekend of football um I know how everyone says it's their favorite weekend because it's the last weekend with the NFL on Saturday and Sunday and you you either got to buy to get here or you got to win a playoff game to get here I just give me week 12 give me week six (laughs) I just I, I like I like eleven games. I I, I I I like all the games. I don't these island games. It's it's four See, island games, it. and if you're one getting, of them's bad, you're just stuck watching a bad game. You're getting right into like one of my like very like personal projects. I just wish there were more teams and more games. <laughs> like, why aren't there forty NFL teams? Why aren't <laughs> no. we just why? Like if it's even more loaded, like we need there's there are cities that are crying out and there are whole continents that want teams. Let's give them teams. <laughs> no, no, there's not enough good players, is the problem. Who cares? You're gonna want teams. You're gonna want them. Yes. No, no. That's not I, I don't want more bad games. I just like when there are a lot of games because then there's always some game that's good. Just because teams are poorly quarterbacked or whatever, it doesn't necessarily mean it's going to be a bad game. We just had Burrow and, Ad- and Allen, and it was not a great game. Yeah, maybe Allen's not good. I'm just saying, more games. So you, you, just, you just want to put a team in Asia and have teams oh, have, we gotta 16, get, we gotta have 16-hour flights. We got to get Germany and London involved, put multiple teams over there, put a team in Toronto. Put a team back in San Diego. Put a team back in St. Louis. Come on. Mexico uh, City. You want Stetson Bennett quarterbacking NFL teams. Why not? I'd watch. <laughs> You'd gamble on it. I know. I would too. Uh, all right. So Thursday night, chiefs Bengals, and the collision course that I've talked about for 10 weeks or eight weeks at this point. Eagles Niners. Yeah, pretty chalky first? weekend. Which game's first? Uh, NFC games first. NFC's games first on Sunday. All right. Good stuff, man. Thank you to Spencer Ray. Subscribe, rate, review. We only have a couple more of these before we go down to one a week in the offseason. So get your friends on board. We'd appreciate it. Five bets on the show. Five winners. We will have one for you on Thursday's edition of First and Pod. Peace. Twenty four hundred Sports is an Odyssey company.